Hello, this is Nigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 23rd of September. India's COVID tally crossed 56 lakh or 5.6 million today after more than 83,000 new cases were recorded in the last 24 hours. The death toll breached the 90,000 mark with over 1,000 fresh fatalities. More than 45 lakh people, however, have recovered from the virus in the country and the country's mortality rate currently stands at 1.59%. Hyderabad-based Bharat Biotech has announced that it would be manufacturing up to a billion doses of single-dose intranasal COVID-19 vaccines in collaboration with the Washington University School of Medicine in Missouri. The collaboration is expected to smoothen the vaccine's distribution and help with the high cost of vaccination or a possible shortage of personnel to administer the doses. The company, which has entered into a licensing agreement with the university, owns the rights to distribute it in all markets except the United States, Japan and Europe. The Central Drug Standard Control Organization, or CDSCO, India's top drug regulator, has said that it will only approve COVID-19 vaccines that meet parameters, such as their ability to show that they can improve clinical outcomes by at least 50% during human testing. This means that COVID vaccines approved in India must be able to reduce the frequency of those inoculated being clinically diagnosed with the disease by 50% or higher, according to the experts. The regulator, which released a new set of guidelines for COVID-19 vaccines on Monday, also emphasized that the statistical range of efficacy in the human trials cannot be lower than 30%. The guidelines come several months after the World Health Organization and the US Food and Drug Administration released their own guidelines for COVID-19 vaccine approvals. Meanwhile, Mumbai's government facility, King Edward Memorial Hospital, began Phase 2 and 3 trials of the Oxford Covishield vaccine. Students who have tested positive for COVID-19 will not be allowed to appear for the Common Law Admission Test or CLAT 2020 as per the revised guidelines issued by the Consortium of National Law University. The official notice read, and I quote, All the candidates who have tested positive and are under medical surveillance or in isolation will not be permitted to take the CLAT 2020 examination scheduled to be held on September 28th. Unquote. The opposition has been putting up a fight ever since the deputy chairman of the upper house of the Rajya Sabha did not allow physical voting for the contentious farm bills on Sunday and instead allowed a voice vote. The opposition's demand for a select committee to review the bills was also rejected. The opposition, which has boycotted both the houses since yesterday, had earlier written to the Rajya Sabha chairman Venkaya Naidu asking that the bills not be passed unilaterally or it would be a blot on democracy. Congress MP and leader of the opposition in the Rajya Sabha, Ghulam Nabi Azad, is scheduled to meet the President Ramnath Kovind at 5pm today to discuss the farm bills. Meanwhile, despite the opposition's boycott of the parliament sessions, proceedings continued without them in both the houses. Three Labour Code bills, namely the Occupational Safety, Health and Working Conditions Code of 2020, the Industrial Relations Code of 2020 and the Code on Social Security Bill 2020 were passed by the Rajya Sabha today. Labour Minister Santosh Gangwar, who moved the bill, said that the reforms that are being undertaken by the government will prove to be a milestone for the welfare of workers. The Upper House also passed the Foreign Contribution Regulation Amendment Bill of 2020 or the FCRA and the Bilateral Netting of Qualified Financial Contracts Bill of 2020 today. 
The Rajya Sabha unanimously passed the FCRA Bill 2020 and replying to a debate on the bill, Minister of State for Home Nityanand Rai said that the legislation was not against any NGO and is an effort to maintain transparency. He said, and I quote, The Foreign Contribution Regulation Amendment Bill 2020 is a law for national and internal security. Its main motive is to ensure that foreign funds don't dominate the political and social discourse of India. Unquote. Rai claimed that the amendment was in the interest of good NGOs which want to do good work in the country. The minister said that the bill provides for reduction in administrative expenses of any NGO receiving foreign funding from 50% to 20% of annual funds to ensure spending on their main objectives. Among the other provisions, the bill proposes to enable the centre to allow an NGO or an association to surrender its FCRA certificate. Later in the afternoon, Chairman Venkaya Naidu said that the Rajya Sabha session is being concluded ahead of its planned session. In the 10 sittings, he said 25 bills were passed and 6 bills introduced. 3.15 hours were lost due to disruptions in the session. And 57% of total functional time of the House was spent on government legislative business. Both the Houses of the Parliament are expected to adjourn indefinitely today in view of the coronavirus outbreak, which has infected more than 25 MPs till now. So two farm bills, which bring in sweeping reforms in India's agriculture sector, have been bulldozed through the Parliament. This, as we all have seen, happened while farmers and the opposition parties were holding widespread protests saying that the reforms will be a death knell for India's agriculture sector. Now you must be probably wondering, are these farm bills good or bad? Are the reforms to the agriculture sector proposed by the Modi government beneficial to farmers or are they harmful? News Laundry's resident parliament nerd Meghnath explained what the reforms are all about and how they will affect farmers in his latest explainer. Check it out on our website, newslaundry.com. Facebook India and its Vice President and Managing Director Ajit Mohan moved the Supreme Court on Tuesday, challenging the September 10th and September 18th notices issued by the Delhi Assembly's Peace and Harmony Committee that had asked Mohan to appear before the panel that is investigating the Delhi riots and the role of Facebook in spreading hate speech during the violence. The petition said that the subject matter under investigation by the Delhi Assembly fell within the exclusive domain of the Union government and a state legislative assembly could not compel witnesses to appear and provide evidence on such subjects. The plea also contended that the summons violated the right of the petitioner to remain silent and his right to privacy, which are fundamental rights. The plea added, and I quote, By targeting Facebook, a platform that allows users to express themselves, the summons create a chilling effect on the free speech rights of users of the Facebook service. Unquote. The case will be heard by a three-judge bench on Wednesday. Mohan was the first summoned by the committee in its meeting on September 15th in connection with the complaints alleging deliberate inaction by the social media company in removing hateful content and posts. The committee earlier said that in its meeting of August 31st, it had prima facie found that Facebook India was allegedly complicit in aggravating the communal violence in Northeast Delhi in February that left at least 53 people dead. Notice was issued to the Facebook officials on September 10th based on that finding, asking them to appear before the panel on September 15th, but Facebook officials failed to appear for the meeting. A second notice was also issued on September 18th. The committee is investigating the matter based on several complaints received from the public after an article was published in the Wall Street Journal on August 14th. 
The Wall Street Journal report titled Facebook Hate Speech Rules Collide with Indian Politics pointed towards the role played allegedly by top Facebook officials, particularly its public policy head Anki Das, who tried to refrain from applying hate speech rules to at least four individuals and groups linked to the Bharatiya Janata Party. This was because Das was of the belief that taking such a step would harm the company's business in India. The inaction came despite the groups and individuals linked to the BJP being internally flagged by other Facebook workers for promoting or participating in violence. Facebook's failure to tackle online abuse and violence not only affects the lives of those in India but also around the world. Similar incidents of violence caused due to the platform not doing enough to police hateful content have been reported in Myanmar, Sri Lanka and the Philippines. Filipino journalist Maria Ressa said, and I quote, Facebook broke democracy in many countries around the world, including in mine, unquote. News Laundry journalist Nidhi Suresh's report is a thorough review of the many incidents wherein Facebook's practices and stances on human rights have been controversial. You can read the report titled, Sorry Not Sorry, Why Facebook's Stance on Human Rights is Hypocritical. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com in English and in Hindi. Dear listeners, articles like these require exhaustive research, investigation and resources. And it is becoming harder to access media uninfluenced by corporate interests. The media, as we now realize better than ever before, must be free and fair, which is why you, the public, needs to pay to keep news free. So support independent media by becoming a News Laundry subscriber today. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Among the Indians featured in Time magazine's annual list of the 100 most influential people this year were Prime Minister Narendra Modi, Bollywood actor Ayushman Khurana, Professor of Clinical Microbiology Ravindra Gupta and Google CEO Sundar Pichai. An unexpected but welcome name in the list, however, was 82-year-old Bilkis, a protester from Shaheen Bagh, who was among the thousands of women who raised their voices against the Citizenship Amendment Act and became a symbol of resistance for people around the world. In an interview to journalist Rana Ayub, the 82-year-old said, and I quote, I will sit here till blood stops flowing in my veins so that the children of this country and the world breathe the air of justice and equality, unquote. This comes at a time when the Delhi police has alleged that the organisers of Shaheen Bagh protests conspired to overthrow the government and sparked the riots that broke out in Delhi in February this year. In its latest charge sheet, the Delhi police has alleged that the women protesting against the CEA at locations such as Shaheen Bagh and near Jamia Millia Islamia University were paid daily wages by alleged conspirators behind the northeast Delhi riots. While these protests by women were lauded by people from all over because women, especially Muslim women, broke the stereotype by stepping outside their homes to raise their voices, the Delhi police's charge sheet claims that the women were, quote-unquote, used by the accused for secular cover, gender cover and media cover. The Delhi police also claimed that the 2019 violence that broke out in Jamia Millia Islamia University, where we saw police attack students, were precursor riots, and since they could not generate nationwide traction, the alleged conspirators resorted to masking these protests with the secular facade, providing mass-based and more acceptable civil society participation, and also to exploit women and children as a shield while facing the police. And now for some international updates. 31.6 million people around the world have been infected with COVID-19 so far and more than 971,000 out of them have lost their lives to the pandemic. 
As the U.S.'s death toll from the virus topped 200,000 on Tuesday, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the government's top infectious disease expert, said, and I quote, The idea of 200,000 deaths is really very sobering, in some respects stunning, unquote. While the real death toll is thought to be much higher, to put the current reported deaths into perspective, the number of COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. is equivalent to a 9-11 attack every day for 67 days. A widely cited model from the University of Washington predicts that the U.S. death toll will double to 400,000 by the end of the year as schools and colleges reopen and the cold weather sets in. President Trump, however, remained unfazed by the shocking numbers. He said, and I quote, I think if we didn't do it properly and do it right, you'd have 2.5 million deaths, unquote. He also boasted of doing an amazing and incredible job and added, and I quote, The only thing we've done a bad job is in public relations because we haven't been able to convince people, which is basically the fake news, what a great job we've done, unquote. The UK government on Tuesday tightened restrictions to stem a rising tide of COVID-19 cases, ordering pubs in England to shut down early and abandoning calls for people to return to the workplace to help kickstart the battered economy. The United Kingdom is battling a second wave of COVID-19 infections and the Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that measures were needed now to prevent further, most costly action later. He told the Parliament that the UK was at a perilous turning point and had to act now. Johnson said that the measures which could be in place for up to six months would be bolstered by greater penalties for infringements, a boosted police presence and military backup. Saudi Arabia has suspended travel to and from India, Brazil and Argentina due to the rising number of COVID-19 positive cases. According to a note from the Saudi Arabian government, any person who has been in India, Brazil and Argentina in the last 14 days prior to arrival in Saudi Arabia will not be allowed in except for persons with government invitations to travel to these countries. International airlines, meanwhile, are calling for airport coronavirus tests for all departing international passengers to replace the quarantines they blame for the worsening travel slump. The head of the International Transport Association said during an online media briefing, and I quote, rapid and affordable antigen tests that look for pieces of the coronavirus in swab samples from people's noses and throats and that can be administered by non-medical staff are expected to be available in the coming weeks and should be rolled out under globally agreed standards. Airlines around the world, hammered by the coronavirus pandemic, are pressing governments to embrace alternatives to blanket travel restrictions that are still hampering a traffic recovery and that are now tightening again in Europe amidst a resurgence in case numbers. In day before's episode of Daily Dose, I had told you about a rescue operation to save hundreds of stranded whales in the Australian island of Tasmania. While rescuers have managed to save 50 whales and are trying to help the remaining estimated 30 whales, about 380 of the stranded whales have died. The heartbreaking incident is suspected to be Australia's largest stranding on record, according to officials. Since Monday, hundreds of long-finned pilot whales have been found to be beached on Tasmania's west coast. Tasmanian government officials said that the rescue effort would continue as long as there are live animals. Nick Decker from Tasmania's Department of Primary Industries said, and I quote, While they are still alive and in water, there is still hope for them. But as time goes on, they do become more fatigued, unquote. He added that the focus would now also shift to removing the hundreds of dead bodies scattered along the coast. A cleanup plan is still being worked out, and in the past, dead bodies have been buried on the shore or dragged out to the open sea. It is still not fully understood why the whales became stranded. 
The species, however, is known to be prone to getting beached. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 